Hello, and thanks for taking the time to tune in to our podcast. This is Pastor Carson with Calvary Tabernacle. Every week, what we're putting on the podcast is a snapshot of what's happening here, whether it's our local services or whether it's different teaching sessions. And the ultimate goal is really tied to our mission here at Calvary, and that is to reach, to connect, and to disciple. We hope that wherever you are, this podcast is a blessing for you. And if you're in the Indianapolis area, we would absolutely love for you to come by. Join us for a service, whether that be 10 a.m. on a Sunday morning, 6.30 p.m. on a Sunday night, or 7 p.m. on a Wednesday. We would love to see you here at Calvary Tabernacle. God bless you, and enjoy the podcast. 1 Kings chapter 19 is where I'm drawing your attention. I'm really coming on the heels of a topic where we were a couple of weeks ago when we preached about Elijah being there at the top of the mountain there and the water that was poured upon the altar and the sacrifice. And I cannot get away from this thought to preach to you during this time that we're in. So I'll read a couple of scriptures and then I'll move forward. Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and with all how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose. It seems hard for us to understand. Elijah gets up and he runs. For his life. He comes to Beersheba, which belongeth to Judah, and he left his servant there. But he himself, a day's journey, he went into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree, and he requested for himself that he might die, and said, It is enough now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. Elijah. The same one who had just had this great victory. Fire had in fact fallen from heaven. Is now running for his life. Depressed, overwhelmed, scared, terrified if you will. Crawls up under a tree. Leaves his servant alone. Goes a day's journey. Gets alone. And says it's better for me to die. I'm no better than my father's. But the Lord had other plans. And that's what I'm going to preach to you today. The Lord has other plans. The Lord has other plans. The best laid plans of mice and men have often gone awry, many of us have said, since we were just children. I will tell you many times along the way, I have been guilty of making what I thought were the right plans. My mind goes immediately to a particular time when I was tasked with the incredible opportunity to put together furniture. I'm going to pause and tell you right now that if the furniture needs put together when you get home, it's trouble. 
It's actual longevity. And I know some are going to want to argue this point, And I won't name any stores. Some of you love some of these stores more than others. But I don't like this piece of furniture that I pick out in the showroom that looks so nice and elegant and classy and probably modern to some. I don't like the thought that it can fit into a box that's about this wide. When you get home to the house and you dump it out on the floor, I have one particular memory when my wife was kind enough, kind enough to buy a piece of furniture that when she got home, I said, where is it? You said that you had bought those shelves. And she said, they're downstairs. But when I went downstairs, there were no shelves. There was a box about this wide. But when you dumped that box out onto the floor, this magnificent shelving unit that was supposed to be there was in about three million pieces. You could unfold some paper, some instructions, but let me get an amen from the men. We don't need instructions. Oh, yikes. All the, all the wives just said yikes. And I remember doing my best to try to figure it out. Every now and then I would cheat and look at the instructions and I... I was reminded that day that it's always nerve-wracking to get the project done, get the piece put together, and there's about a handful of leftover screws. I'm not sure where these are supposed to go. It's why I like my furniture built when I bring it home. I know it costs just a little bit more, but I'm okay to have paid for it to be a solid piece. No pressed wood. Oh, I feel my witness right now. No laminate-covered cheap material. No, no little nuts and bolts that i got to put it together. That i got to be nervous every time I sit down or put the books on there, whether or not it's going to hold up. Coming up with our own plan is often a dangerous thing because the end result leaves you with things left over. I can tell you right now, there are too many... Because of the sicknesses that are being fought, that are feeling the same level of anxiety and depression or oppression that Elijah is feeling in this moment. It is not because Elijah had no previous victories. This very story is on the heels of one of the greatest victories that anyone would ever see occur. It is on the heels of a fire falling from heaven, victory. Many of you that are watching this online, you're dealing with sickness or someone close to you is sick. You are dealing with this on the heels of one of the great revivals that we have had here at Calvary Tabernacle. We had an amazing friends and family day. We had a powerful four or five day revival here. We had amazing things that took place. And if we're not careful on the heels of the greatness of God, we will allow what happens in our lives and what happens in our bodies and what happens in our environment to begin to psychologically wear us out. God has not given us a spirit of fear. 
You need to say that to yourself right now wherever you are. Whether it's because of a family member that's sick or a family member that's not living right. Whether it's because of sickness in your body or a doctor's report that is negative. Regardless of what you're dealing with, I curse that fear in the name of the Lord. And I would have you to say it again. You ought to just lay hands on yourself and say, God has not given me the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Go ahead and shout that through your house. Come on, shout it loud enough. If somebody's eating cereal in the next room, it scares them. A sound mind. A sound mind. Elijah here has had a miraculous victory. Fire has fallen from heaven and yet on the heels of it, wicked Ahab speaks to his wife Jezebel. It's important to note here that Jezebel is not only a woman. Jezebel is a spirit embodied. It's critical to know that. Jezebel is a spirit embodied. She has the spirit of seduction. She has the spirit of of an anti-Christ mentality. It's in her. And when Ahab tells her about the prophets of Baal that have died, she lifts up her voice and word gets to Elijah. Let it be to me also if the sun goes down, if by this time tomorrow Elijah himself is not Dead. I don't know why certain things get us or catch us the way that they do. Many of us could not describe why after a emotional or even a spiritual high that somehow there is a crash that can occur and we can find ourselves distraught or overwhelmed. We, we've had a wonderful celebration, a powerful experience, and yet somehow we find ourselves in a low place mentally. I want to pull the cover off of that right now and tell you that is an attack from hell. It is a lie from a Jezebel spirit that wants to make you believe that God did all that for you and yet you're going to die here. Elijah, don't buy into this lie. It's going to cost you time. It's going to cost you energy. It's going to cost you memory. It's going to put some mental scars in your life. Elijah gets up and he begins to run. He comes to a place and he deserts his servant. He says, I want you to stay here. And you can always find and feel that time when you're breaking away from those close to you and going alone to your place of despair. Because when you get into a mindset of depression, part of the attack of the enemy is for you to separate yourself from others. Well, I can't join with the body in person and so I'm going to allow this depression to get a little bit longer and a little bit deeper into my spirit and I'm, I'm going to begin to separate myself from my family and separate myself from my friends and it'll cause you to pull away from others and Elijah pulls away from that who is so close to him and he goes and he separates himself. He is ready to die. How is it? possible that a man who has just prayed down fire from heaven praise team how is it possible that he has just played and sang as it were and the spirit of God has fallen down and now he's saying take my life because when the lie gets in your spirit when you start believing that no matter what he's brought me through this is how it's going to end 
When you get to a place where you are weak in your spirit and weak in your body, your mind will begin to accept things that if you were in your right mind, you would not accept. And if you were with your right group, you would not be speaking. Because Elijah wasn't going to speak these things while he was with the group. He wasn't going to speak these things on Carmel. He wasn't going to speak these things even with the servant. He waited until no one was around. And he began to speak depression. He began to speak end of life. He got alone by himself. But there alone by himself, the Lord begins to provide. And twice there is a feeding that comes to Elijah. That feeding that comes to him. And the table of bread that is set there. That loaf that he feasts upon. And the water there that is at his head. And he begins to drink and twice it happens. And the Bible says after that that there comes nourishment enough for 40 days. 40 days of nourishment. I don't know if you've ever had a meal and said, I'm so stuffed. I I can't eat until tomorrow. But then somehow miraculously about four or five hours later. And for some of us it isn't four or five hours later. All of a sudden, you feel like you need a midnight snack about 7 o'clock. 40 days he is sustained because God is showing and doing something in his life that when the prophets were against you, I was for you. When Ahab would be against you, I am for you. And you need to know something, Elijah. Even when Jezebel, that spirit in flesh, is against you, even when she has pronounced the end against your life, I am for you. And I'm telling you, you need to hear this today. I know that Ahab had plans and I know that Jezebel had plans and unfortunately even Elijah had some plans but God said I am not done with you. I have greater things for you to accomplish and greater things. Yeah, but I don't feel any strength. I'll give you bread where there is no bread. Yeah, but I've got nothing to drink. I'll give you water where there seems to be no water and I will give you such nourishment in your body for 40 days you won't need anything. God can give you enough blessing. Well, I'm in the middle of COVID or I'm in the middle of a cancer prognosis or I'm in the middle of feeling depressed or oppressed. Or God can right where you're at give you everything you need to sustain you until you're able to rejoin with the body. You may think I'm alone. But you are not. You're surrounded by Him. I, when it looks like I'm, I'm surrounded, the truth is, I'm surrounded by the love. I'm surrounded by the power. I'm surrounded by the provision of God. Somebody yell out right where you're at, I'm not alone. I'm not alone. I'm not alone. And the Lord takes him on this journey. And Elijah begins to go forward. And he begins to speak to him. But the Bible says, if you read there, verses 11 through 13, you're going to see four different signs physically that came to Elijah. Out of nowhere, the Bible says a strong wind begins to blow. Now, typically in the Pentecostal church, when we talk about a strong wind, we're talking about Acts chapter 2. But he says this strong wind came so much that the rocks are getting torn apart. He said, but God was not in the wind. And after this, then earthquake comes and the rocks begin to rent and the mountains begin to shake. But the Bible says the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after this, here comes a fire. We've got these amazing physical things. Here's a strong wind, but the Lord wasn't in it. Here is a earthquake, but the Lord wasn't in it. Here's a fire, but the Lord wasn't in it. 
But after this, the fourth thing Elijah said, it was just a still, small voice. If you look around right now, you look at the headlines. I'm telling you it might be loud, but the Lord is not in it. You might look around at what's happening in the earth right now and it feels like everything is quaking, but the Lord is not in that. And in the middle of a fiery situation that you've been convinced by others you have to go through, I'm telling you the Lord's not even in that. But there is in the middle of it all a still, small voice that is speaking and it's speaking to you again and if you could hear it closely it might be saying this to you today I'm not done with you I've got plans for you your life is not over yet you're not going to die here you're not going to lose it all here I refuse to let the signs of the environment dictate what the voice of the Lord is speaking as truth into my life. Elijah, what's the problem? What's happening? What is it about you? In verse 14, he says, Everybody but me has walked away from you. He's a little bit in pity party mode still, Brother Barkus. Everybody but me. I know, I saw the fire from heaven thing. And all those prophets that died, I, I saw that. But everybody but me has walked away. And Elijah starts to, to list those things off. He said, they've forsaken your covenant. They've torn down your altars. They've slain all of your prophets. And Jezebel has sat back and she's left in it all. But what he did not disclose was the truth of the situation. Because the fourth point he should have made there as in she threatened my life and I'm ready to die. But rather than acknowledge that, it'd be easier right now to blame it on everybody else. The truth is, Elijah, you found yourself susceptible right here. You found yourself in a situation and God begins to speak to him and begins to tell him, I've got other plans for you. It's amazing to me that the first part of the instruction is that God looks at him and says, I want you to go back the way you came. What? Seems like when the Lord speaks to me, He should be telling me a new path. He, he should be speaking to me a new direction. But God knew something for Elijah that we need to hear for ourselves. If I'm really going to have victory, I'm going to have to be willing to walk back to all the people that saw me tuck my tail and run. All the things, all the steps I took where I had convinced myself. God didn't convince me. I had convinced myself. And He said, I want you to take the same journey back towards Damascus. I want you to take that same road back. And I want you to recognize something. I've got more anointing for you to do. You've got to be kidding me. I've been laid up here ready to die. I've been laid up here ready to give in. I thought my life was over. God said, I didn't bring you this far for you to die right here. And I didn't allow there to be bread manifest for you and water to be poured into you. I didn't supply all. Calvary, God didn't bring us here to let us die in this spot and let this be the last that we're seeing. I've talked to person after person after person over the last three days that have been able to say the same thing. I've been a little bit sick but I'm starting to feel better in my body I'm, I'm starting to feel recovery I just talked to two more on the phone and prayed with them before I walked in here is there sickness? yes there is but this is not the end this is not all there is there is more for us 
He said, I want you to return the way you came. He said, and I want you to go and I want you to anoint Hazel. I want you to anoint him. He's going to be the king of Syria. And I want you to go and I want you to anoint Jehu, the king of Israel. I want you to get this in your mind. Write it down if you need to. I want you to get this in your spirit. You anoint Hazel. You anoint Jehu. And then I want you to go and find a boy. His name is Elisha. He is Elisha. I want you to get the right one. He is the son of Shaphat. I want you to find the right one. Because when you go anoint, don't just anoint any Elisha. Don't just anoint anybody. I want you to find one that's been working. I want you to find the one that I've called. And I want you to go. And so the Bible tells us that that is exactly what is going to happen. He said, listen, here's why I want you to anoint them. He said, I want you to anoint Haziel. And I want you to anoint Jehu. Jehu is going to destroy everyone that escapes from the sword of Haziel. And Elisha is going to destroy everyone that escapes from the sword except but listen here Elijah does not run to Jehu and Elijah does not run to Hazel track the story forward Elijah heads after Elisha God I thought you said Hazel and then Jehu and then Elisha But what the Lord is pointing out in this story is giving us the option as believers to recognize that there was a multi-generational anointing. That what God was doing through the life of Elijah was going to be in finality through the hand and the anointing of Elisha. I don't feel the strength to get to Hazel. I don't get the strength. I feel the strength to get to Jehu. So if I'm going to start this, I'm going to go after the one that is meant to be my replacement. That's what the Bible says. Go anoint Elisha. He's going to take your spot. Wait a minute, he's going to take over from me? There was no fighting from Elijah. There was no discourse from Elijah where he said, No, this can't be possible. Surely you don't want to replace me. But somewhere in the heart of Elijah, he was saying, Thank God that it's not stopping with me. Here's the real secret to it all. It was just a few scriptures before that that wicked witch Jezebel said, I'll kill him by tomorrow. But when you study the scripture, Elijah is in fact not going to die tomorrow but really the cherry on the top of it he never dies at all because we're only a handful of chapters before a chariot from fire not only will I not let you kill him Jezebel but I'm going to make you know forever that he was carried away by a chariot of fire that's what I feel for the church not only is the enemy not going to destroy us but there's going to be such a move of the Holy Ghost that every devil has to be my God I feel this right now I hope you feel it at home the devil's going to have to take note I told them they'd be destroyed but they have a supernatural touch of God and I speak to you to tell you you got to make up your mind you got to get a determination within you God has more for me than this And so in fact he does. He goes and he finds Elisha. And you know the story, don't you? Elisha, it really speaks to the prominence. It speaks to the wealth of the family. He's got 12 yoke of oxen. 
12 yoke of oxen, 24 different ox out in that field. And they're out there. He's with the 12th, the Bible says. He's there with the 12th. And Elijah just walks up to him and simply throws the mantle over him. It just throws it over him and keeps walking. Elisha runs after him. And he says, hey, let me go kiss my mom. Let me go kiss my dad. I'll forsake everything and follow after you. And Elijah says, what have I done to you? What have I done to you? But one touch of the mantle. One touch of the mantle. That's why God sent him to Elisha. There's something about Elisha. He's going to recognize anointing when he feels it. He's going to recognize your presence when you get close to him. He's not just anybody. He is the next generation. It's where we are in 2020, even in the middle of a pandemic and in the middle of a week of online. I'm telling you, we're like an Elisha generation that has been firmly fastened with our minds prepared. And if I could just feel him move into my home a little bit, if, if I could just feel the mantle, I wish right where you are, sitting on your couch or kick back in the lazy boy that you'd feel a mantle drip down onto your shoulder right now. I wish you'd feel it begin to move across your mind and begin to pulsate through the neurons in your brain and remind you you are more than meant to be here with these oxen. And the Bible says he goes and he destroys those two ox and he begins to take them and he starts a fire and he boils them and he boils the materials and he begins to feed the people. He begins to tell mom and dad I'm gone I'm leaving this how would you walk away from something like this I'll tell you why because when I count the cost between walking away from this earthly prominence or walking away from this godly calling when I consider walking away from this earthly fortune or walking away from this heavenly destination there's really no decision to be made and Elisha follows after Elijah he becomes a follower after Elijah you know what happens every single step he takes he's reminding Elijah Jezebel said you'd never make it Jezebel told you you'd be dead by now Jeze but not only are you not dead Elijah you've got a generation following you Woo, I feel it right now. You need to be reminded whether you're 40 or 50 or 70 or a, no matter if you're an elder, no, not only are you not dead, not only have you not been destroyed, not only has this cancer not taken your body, not only has COVID not been able to destroy you, but there is a generation that is following after you saying, lead us, guide us, direct us. We refuse to stay here. God has more for us. Stand with me right in your home right now. And I want you to throw your hands towards heaven. And I want you to start praying a forward thinking blessing upon your family. Come on, that's how I want you to pray right now. I want you to pray this way. God, help me to think forward. Help me to think about life. Help me to think ahead. Help me not to be overwhelmed with where I'm at. Help me to stop speaking negativity. Help me to stop expect, expecting death. Help me to stop allowing depression into my spirit. I curse the lie of Jezebel. Jezebel is not speaking your future. Come on, lift your hands right there in your house right now. 
Jezebel represents the world. She represents the seduction of the world and the lies of the world. She is not speaking the future of your kids. She is not speaking the future of your prognosis. She is not speaking She is not speaking the future of this church. She is not speaking the future of our preaching. She is not speaking the future of our teaching. If you've been cynical, I want you to get rid of it. If you've been doubting, I want you to get rid of it. If you've been fighting depression or oppression, I want you to tell Jezebel, you got to get behind me. It's Elisha. It's Elisha. This next generation. This next generation. Not Elijah that would anoint Elisha. Go to 2 Kings 9 and you'll read it. I don't have time, you read it. You read it. It'd be good, good homework maybe for tonight. Read it before you pray with your family. He anoints Jehu. Takes that box of oil. You mean it wasn't Elijah? Elijah anointed Elisha and Elisha completes the work. Because in a multi-generational work, it's not a new vision every time. It's not a new objective. The objective flows down from God. That's why our doctrine and our mission doesn't change just because leadership does. We're in the mission of seeing the work of God done. And it's Elisha, the next generation. I'm talking to somebody right now, some middle-aged member that is watching this and you've been overwhelmed and you have lived your life talking about the prayer life of your parents that are elders now. And I commission you in the Holy Ghost, it's time to take up that mantle of prayer. Elijah's resume, he prayed. What else? He prayed. He prayed. He sought God in it. And it's Elisha. Elisha. Not Elijah. Elisha. Who anoints Jehu. And once Jehu feels that oil drip down off of his head. He jumps in the chariot. And he begins a ferocious drive. Towards Ahab. Jezebel is upstairs. Jehu with fresh anointing. It trickled from Elijah onto Elisha. And now on to Jehu as a king of Israel. He pulls up and he looks at those servants where Jezebel is in the balcony. You better cast her down. Grandpa knew it was right. Daddy knew it was right. I'm not even talking just about biological. I'm talking spiritual fathers right now. I'm talking spiritual elders right now. And Jehu with all the tenacity and fresh anointing, he pulls up at that house and he says, you ought to cast her down. You watch Jezebel. That spirit embodied come toppling out of him. Crushed under the feet. Pardon the graphic nature of it, but in Scripture, her blood spills on the She's eaten by the beast. What if Elijah would have really 
ended his life one prayer meeting too soon? What if he really would have given up? There is the need for generational progression. Don't give up, saint of God. You're one prayer away from a fresh mission. Elijah, one prayer removed from wanting to die. He is one prayer removed to anointing Elijah. The reason the enemy wants you to give up is because he knows you're one prayer away from anointing the next generation. He knows you're one prayer from breakthrough. You're one prayer from victory in your family. I've prayed and I've prayed. I've ran and I've ran. I've given and I've given. Why do I feel like this? It's always darkest at midnight. It's always the most overwhelming right before a breakthrough. The enemy's greatest fight is right before your greatest victory. Throw your hands towards heaven. They're going to sing this again right now with your hands lifted right there. I want you to go ahead and speak in tongues in your house while you pray. Come on, begin to pray. Come on with everything you've got. Everything you've got. I want you to... Come on, you tell Jezebel she's not winning. You tell the enemy he's not winning. I'm not giving up. I'm not giving in. Come on, you hear the wind. He's not in the wind. You see the earthquake. He's not in the earthquake. You see the fire. He's not in the fire. But there's a voice. There's a voice. There's a voice. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. I'm surrounded by you, Lord. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded. Come on, call on Jesus. This is how. This is how. This is how. I'm gonna fight it anyway. I'm gonna fight it anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. It does. Come on, let your prayer be lifted up. It may look like I'm I want you to pray out loud with me. Don't let this feel awkward. Pray out loud just like this. My best days are ahead of me. Repeat after me in the mic. You'll be a display for them at home. My best days, My best days are ahead of me. My best days are ahead of me. Why don't you preach it a little bit? My best days, My best days are ahead of me. Are ahead of me. Jezebel is a liar. I will not die here. My best days are ahead of me. 
Come on, lift your voice and magnify the Lord right now. We believe in the promise of God. We believe in the promise of God. I refuse to believe the lies of the enemy. I refuse to believe the lies of the enemy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is how I fight my battle. How I fight my battle. This is how I fight my battle. Elijah, you feast on this bread. You drink this water. But you got to get up. Knowing you're supposed to see Haziel anointed is not enough. Knowing that you're supposed to see Jehu anointed is not enough. Knowing that you're supposed to see Elisha anointed is not enough. Once I feast on His Word, I cannot stay here. I curse fear. I curse doubt. I curse trepidation in the name of the Lord. Some are thinking, well, but what about next week? Should we really gather back? Should we really come back? We're using this time as a way to be extremely cautious. When we come back in this house next Sunday, we are going to dance and we are going to shout and we are going to run aisles and we're going to magnify the Lord because Jezebel told us it was over. But the Lord said, Hazel needs an oil. Jehu needs an oil. And Elisha. Elisha. Elisha needs an oil. God bless you. Thank you for receiving the word. Thank you for praying. Continue to pray for our church, for our leaders, for all of our families. Pray for our school, CCS. Pray for our college, IBC. I've got a feeling this is going to be through most of us pretty quickly here, and we're going to be able to just move forward with uninhibited revival. Yeah, but pastor, look at all this that's happened. Don't you think the devil wants to shut down what's happening? Brother Carson, are you trying to spiritualize this? Absolutely. It's an assault of Jezebel. But she's a liar. And she doesn't get the last one. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being a part of Kingdom. Sakaya Nabokos. Ada Baba Kaya de 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 de